0: Twenty-seven bang Bam. Random. The future's rock and roll.
1: Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode thirty-nine. On today's show, Simone confronts Stephanie about Easter. Old lady tips for organizing your life are shared. And Steffi is horrified by the things sprouting from Simone's head. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong?
2: I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong?
1: Well, we were just talking about In Utero, the Nirvana album right before we started recording, and I wanted to tell you my traumatic memory associated with it, which was when we were, I was in 12th grade, so my senior year, and we were going to Florida for spring break, but I was going with my family and my friend Megan, so she she helped a little bit, but my sister took a friend too, and her friend's name was Carrie, and she threw up the entire time, and that sucked. So we stopped, and I bought on cassette, I got In Utero, and um, I was so happily listening to it with my Walkman. It was on my little escape, you know, in the back of the van while we're driving to Florida, which totally. is one of the worst states ever. <laughs> and um, and my mom's like, "What is that that you have that you're listening to?" And I was like, "Oh, it's, um, you know, this band." She's like, "Are they Christian?" I was like, no. And she goes, "Can I see the cover?" Oh God, no. <laughs> and my sister's friend goes, "Ooh, it's got a naked lady on it with her stomach cut open." Oh. And my mom took my tape and threw it away.
2: <gasps>
1: oh, that sucks. <laughs> so sad.
2: So lucky yeah. my parents are just too ambivalent to, to look. They wouldn't have liked the stuff, they just stopped paying attention.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I think that's probably the safer way to go. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Because I, I went, you know, I bought it again and just hit it really well, so it's not like they did a great deal it's with that. So sad.
2: I remember when my yeah. I was afraid my mom was going to take my guns and roses away. At that. She, again, she just lost interest in the project. Because so, <laughs> they were touring Australia and she heard all these bad things about them. She's like, who is this Guns and Roses? Do you have any of this stuff? I want to hear it. And I'm like, <gasps> and I just said I didn't oh, have no. it.
1: I, <laughs> I know, my homeschool friend Hannah was singing Paradise City in the kitchen when her dad walked in and she got in trouble.
2: Oh, that's so funny because... When I was 11, I didn't know Guns N' Roses yet, but I'd heard about Mm -hmm. them and I'd seen pictures and they looked kind of really scary to me. And Mm -hmm. anyway, so we were on vacation and there was like a music video show on and the song was on and I was just wanting to see what this Guns N' Roses was all about. And my dad came in and goes, what are you listening to? And I was like, I just wanted to see what it was. And I started crying. But anyway, no. it turns out it was just sweet child of mine. Like of all the things I got into later, he would have been lucky if like I didn't go in. If like I stayed as soft as sweet child of mine.
1: Oh, seriously. So, yeah, I guess
2: he sees me looking at a bunch of long hairs and it scared him. But yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My friend Amy said that she got um, the Snoop Dogg album when she in her Easter basket when she was eleven. In an Easter basket. I'm like, basket. okay. First of all, yeah. Easter basket presents were always kind of funny. Like, we got tons of candy, but, like, no presents. But I know all these people that got rad presents in their Easter baskets. But Snoop Dogg, like, you know, totally parental, you know, has, yeah. like, a picture of people, like, you know, on the album. Has naked ladies and stuff. So, That's I pretty thought awesome. that was funny.
2: We only got eggs for Easter. It? We only, yeah, we never got presents. And my grandma, like, she would give us presents for Christmas. But Easter, we just got a card with a with a palm cross in it. And
1: A maybe, palm cross?
2: yeah. So, that sucks. <laughs> yeah, but I got used to it. But just because we had got you know proper gifts at Christmas, so I was like, what's the deal? Why does everyone say Easter is so much better? But it's clearly not better because I'm getting a palm cross. <laughs>
1: Seriously. Jeez. So yeah.
2: So yesterday was Easter, and I actually wanted uh-huh. to. Uh, well, I thought we should talk about this anyway. But specifically yesterday, I noticed you tweeted, um, "I'm not ready for this whole Easter situation," and I wanted to know yeah. what you meant by that.
1: Yeah, it's. um because Easter is just like the whole season of Lent leading up to stuff and so, I, you know, I've been paying attention to that lately and going, okay you know, talking about the reflection, talking about, you know, whatever fasting is supposed to mean I didn't fast from anything, but I you know, was just kind of trying to be mindful or whatever and um and it seemed like it just easter came too soon i'm like i'm not done doing my reflecting (laughs) and and then twitter was so annoying because (laughs) you know how my stuff christian culture likes to count like i i follow these chode wallets these christians who just is all over the internet with all their glory to god he's risen. It, it just seems so... Like, it just pisses me off because it seems so meaningless. <laughs> yeah. And they're just going hallelujah all over the place. I'm like, shut the fuck up and, and go, like, hug your children and spend some time with your family. You know, like, don't jizz about God on Twitter. And then, like, today somebody tweeted something like... Um, The most, the single most exciting thing you can do in your life is follow Jesus Christ. And I just wrote, you know, I retweeted it, you may have seen it. And I was like, Do you have any documentation on that? Like, that's just (laughs) a subjective thing to say. And like, those tweets are just so infuriating, you know, just frustrating, I guess. Like, infuriating, yeah, but what's underneath that is just frustration at like how unrelational. So um, I think just having to look at Twitter, I'm like, I am not ready for all you people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Easter's yeah, so because so. I find people like that don't care about anything will just say happy Easter and it's like do you know what we're but why?
1: like Yeah, why are you yeah, saying but this? What people, for?
2: Yeah, I didn't see the point. Luckily my parents have stopped calling me on Easter. I mean it didn't offend me. It was just like, really, what's the point? Why are you call, making yeah. a point of calling me to to say happy Easter about something I don't believe in at all? Yeah. So uh, exactly. they stopped calling. Not that I don't want to talk to them, but yeah, happy Easter is just to be weird. It's like
1: Valentine's Day, you know. Like, okay, this person I love, I have to go do this thing. But yeah. It's yeah, that's why we don't do Valentine's
2: things. Day. Cause... But um, but with belief in Easter and the resurrection, maybe this is a, this is a big question. But but, do you believe in the resurrection?
1: I don't know. Like, and I. It's so—it's such a strange, far-fetched notion that that could even happen.
2: Yeah, I was thinking that if an atheist asks someone if they believe in the resurrection, it's kind of a polite way of saying, "Are you batshit crazy?" Yes. <laughs> uh, well,
1: and I totally—I totally realize that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, seriously, it's like a big struggle, like, for me to to deal with this, and yet there's something really compelling with it and about it, or and the notion of God and and. Um, Yeah, so I think that's part of what was heavy for me about Lent this year is just really, you know, thinking about it and um, just being more serious about the approach and just, you know, not tons more serious, but kind of thinking about it a little bit harder because, you know, I grew up my whole life in this stuff and never really thought, you know, well, I guess I was kind of angsty about it, but only recently, in the past five years or so, I've been really embracing my angst. so.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so it's that's a weird like thing a, to because
2: the... if you've grown up, just you know, it was just a given that that happened. And now when I look back, I can't believe that such a preposterous thing—I didn't even question that it happened. You know, I was just like, oh yeah, that yeah. happened. And you know, yeah. even even if you're going to believe in it, you should at least consider how utterly preposterous that is. You know, it's it, it yeah. not doing it justice to I think to even appreciate it. If you're going to believe in it, you have to be like insane that is. You know, and unlikely. Yeah. So, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't question and I just accepted it which just blows my no. mind
1: I know so I, <clears throat> I feel good about when the kids ask like what is this about I'm like I know right like the, you know these are ancient stories these are ancient traditions and I you know have I feel like I've personally experienced things that I can't really explain in yep. this realm and I so I feel compelled by it but you know you make your own decision
2: yeah um,
1: yeah, I, I really want them to be able to think for themselves and own that. So that's...
2: Yeah, because I didn't I didn't feel like I had that luxury. Even without anyone forcing me, It was just told and I accepted it. And I, I didn't,
1: yeah. I do I like not really told to, to weigh it up. I wonder how we would have been different if we had been encouraged to question.
2: Yeah. Well, I think and, maybe and we wouldn't be. I mean, we'd be a bit different, but I think we, we both have the same sort of inquisitive minds and we ended up where we are from that. Maybe it took a bit longer, but I think maybe, yeah. you know, sort of we are what we are. So Yeah. Oh no. Um the right other point. thing I was curious about, thinking about a lot over the over the weekend, is Good Friday and just the dying for the sins. I mean, you know, and I'd never quite thought of it in this wording, but I posted it on Twitter and Facebook, but, you know, I I said something Mm -hmm. like oh, Good Friday is a reminder that we don't need to take responsibility for our actions, because ultimately that's what it is. Jesus dies for your sins, and as long as you accept him as your Lord and Savior, then you're good to go, you know, you can fuck children if you want to, you know, isn't like, isn't that
1: but isn't that ultimately what (laughs) it's
2: saying? That's like the ultimate crime, right? But if if you go to Jesus in the end, All is forgiven. Don't worry about it. It's just...
1: ah, It's just mind-boggling. That's that's not... Yeah, that's not at all what they advocate, but... um, Who's not advocating that? Christianity doesn't advocate, yeah, go ahead and do all that shit. Oh, I know and it's
2: not, but it, it's it com- it's completely counterintuitive to, to, why would you be good if you don't have to? Yeah,
1: know? oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And why would no, I know, they, I know, they would, know they're like, encouraging totally... people
2: to go nuts and, you know, recreate yeah. the foot of Mount Sinai. We all know how that turned out. But, um, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, it's <laughs> very badly. Well, j- <laughs> <Mount Sinai. laughs>
1: um, Judah went um, on Saturday. The kids from church, well, the older ones, like from about age 10 and up, um, all watched three Harry Potters together because nice. of the Easter allegory. So, and I don't know the story well enough, but someone who, you know, didn't need to die, like took the blame for someone else to spare someone else's life. And um, I think that was the allegory that tied in. So, yeah, I guess it's sort of like, like that know, those... in. Um,
2: in, uh, in the final book, I guess I guess it it leads up up to that. But but also the other thing with it is you know like, oh Jesus died for us, but I mean what about soldiers? They're dying for people all the time and they're not being regarded in the same way and also jesus knew he was going to his father's kingdom so it doesn't sound like it's as bad when you know you're going to heaven afterwards you know it seems yeah. like not much of a sacrifice compared to a soldier he was his whole he life was so
1: stressed out he was like sweating blood the night oh before, i know like, i'm not saying it wasn't stressed and,
2: how could he not be i yeah. mean it was still painful and awful but but, he,
1: but then he had to it said he descended into hell and i'm not saying you know you're free anyone is absolutely free to disagree with what, <laughs> what has happened or not but you know in the scriptures it says like yeah, he de- yeah. You know after he died he descended into hell and that couldn't have been fun whatever hell is if that exists but no. um yeah i don't i don't know it's it's so there's so much mystery around it and i wonder why i'm compelled by it even though it seems weird you know there's something that i'm kind of drawn by and um, when I watch the Harry Potter stuff or any kind, you know, allegories, the you know Chronicles of Narnia, the, I'm just so drawn in. I, you know, that story is so compelling. Yeah. Well, so, the stories are compelling you
2: know. anyway without any viewpoint from from Jesus or anything. It's just, you know, I mean, there's tons of other stories that are compelling. I just think that that's a type of story. It's like a formula that's compelling. You know.
1: Yeah. There's so, a yeah. It's a, like a formula of um, of tension and darkness and then redemption. Like yes. that seems to be so anyway that's part of but, any
2: arc of any great story is redemption so yeah, yeah
1: totally
2: I guess Jesus is the, is the ultimate in that story <laughs> 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 um, so on the subject of, of, of religion now you were on uh, the radio last Friday <sighs>
1: I was. Please explain I was, um, You did great Our friend Luke Burbank He's not like my good friend or anything But I like officially met him <laughs> At the For like for the first time At the Neil Hamburger show last week uh-huh. And so he was there And he and David are friends And, um, and he goes I heard about you being disinvited from Mars Hill um, Please come on my show tomorrow And he does the Too Beautiful to Live podcast But uh-huh. in the morning he also does the Cairo news thing With um, this older guy is it like a Seattle called drive, drive time Bank? or is it after yes, time? Yes, it's, totally ah! it's totally drive time. It's totally drive time. Oh my God. And so we're like, David like picked me up and you know, we're going to be there at, like 10. And so we're listening to, to it on the way there and they're going, yep, there's a protest at this bakery and there people are mad about someone being fired. And that <laughs> was like the pure, that was pure, the pure content like going into it. So it was so funny. <laughs> so anyway, we walked in and, um, he I had uh, oh the producer had tweeted me and he's like hey we're excited to have you on and and I wrote back I was like only gr- no green M and M's <laughs> please the, so then he tweeted back oh here we go and um, <laughs> it was so it was super funny right but then when I got in there he gave me a bowl of green M and M that's so awesome and I was so charmed so I was like I wonder how many packs of M and M's he had to rip through to get all these green yeah <laughs> yeah it was, re- it was really nice of him so. Um, They were just asking me, you know, about the, uh, you know, David and me, about what it was like to get kicked out and what we think and why do I have a vendetta against Mark Driscoll. And, um, so it was good. I was like, yeah, I think it's there's something pretty bad that's actually going on. I know that it doesn't seem that bad on the surface, but um, other stuff's coming up and we know people who've been affected in this way. So It's kind slowly of emerging, and the, the stuff
2: you're doing and other people coming forward is hopefully will start to unravel.
1: <sighs> I can only hope. Yeah. Oh, It's so freaky. It's so freaky. So, But Luke is so nice, and he says he kind of knows Greg. And yeah, because Greg was
2: on his fun. show. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to um, talk about a website I learned of this past week, and I can't believe it's been around for two years and we didn't know about this. It's called drawadickonit.com, and just has a monthly picture of people who have drawn dicks on stuff. <laughs> oh, yes. It's, it's, it says to the individual obsessed with drawing penises. <laughs> Rest assured that you are the only person who finds humour in this. While I am glad you are so open in expressing yourself, it is rather distasteful to be depicting your desires in such great detail on everybody's doors. If you care to enjoy your phallic artwork alone in your own place of residence, that is perfectly fine by me. However, here are a number of students who fail to appreciate your unique style of expression on their property. The next time you feel the urge to create penises, do it on a canvas and take it to an art show. Maybe you'll make some money out of the deal. <laughs> and then there's a dick drawn on it. <laughs> oh,
0: so, so, yes,
2: people awesome. draw a dick on it.com. Uh, there's one for every month. And uh, this uh, site is run by Michael Pilmer. He runs the Devo fan club and he also oh. does the I threw up.com, which is he um, oh, has these stickers. Love I love I threw up. He has these stickers that's like a little speech bubble and says, <laughs> I threw up. So you just take it and stick it. In magazines and things, or on like bus stands where there's a picture of like, you know, some stupid model, it just says, I threw up. So, um, didn't you guys,
1: the McDonald's? The McDonald's drive-through.
2: Oh yeah, I think I think Greg's done something like that with with McDonald's, um, and we put them on Chippendales uh, pictures of Chippendales at the Rio Hotel in Las Vegas. It was like high up on an escalator, and I had to jump to like press it on there. And we also put one in front of Bette Midler, but it was gone like like within within a couple of hours when we went back that way. But um, and we were so scared because you know there's cameras everywhere in Vegas, so, like they're gonna throw us out. But um, but my favorite uh, incident of I threw up was this one night i um uh i'd been drinking and some really strong margaritas and then i'd had a cigarette and because i was i don't smoke very often i took a huge drag because i was so drunk and the huge drag just made me feel so sick i was like oh fuck so i lay down in bed i'm like oh i don't feel good i don't feel good anyway and greg got a bucket for me to puke in he fell asleep Just after he fell asleep, (laughs) I I puked into the bucket. So, anyway, the next morning he he wakes up and I turn to him and go, I threw up. And he's like, aww. Then he jumped out of bed. I'm like, what is he doing? And he grabbed one of the stickers off the shelf and slapped it on my cheek. So I will post the picture of that on the website, me with the I threw up sticker. Because I had. It was just, I just, I couldn't believe that he thought of it right when he should have been consoling me.
1: He's the smartest person in the world, though so. He is. Hey, Simone and... This is Mary calling from Portland. So I'm looking to episode 38 and I have to stop to call y'all because I was laughing so hard about the dog name thing. So I have a little dog and he's normal and we
2: go to a dog park. And I was at the dog park one day and there was this big bro guy there who wasn't paying attention to his dog. And it was a, this dog was just uncontrollable. I think it was a puzzle or something. And I asked the big, stupid bro guy what his dog's name was, and he said his dog's name was Kevin. And then he went on to tell me that he never knew a dog could be so much trouble, but he just got it because he thought it would be a good way to meet girls, and it would be fun, but Kevin was actually
1: quite difficult. So every time I think about it, I feel so sorry for Kevin, and I can't stand the big bro guy, but it still makes me laugh. Anyway, take care so that was listener Mary thank you Mary for telling us about Kevin the dog yes and I think the name I think the name Kevin's hilarious my um, daughter has a has a teddy bear named Kevin
2: I know it's so
1: adorable I I named him that you know before she could talk and so she started wanting to talk and she asked for Kevin good night time and we'd we'd run around the house going where's Kevin where's Kevin when she really needed to go to sleep but we have a neighbor named Kevin and and Judah would be like um he's in his house (laughs) Hilarity ensued, so totally. thanks for calling, Mary. You're a sweetheart.
2: Well, um, with this with this bro uh, with his dog named Kevin, I really like picturing this big, beefy guy, you know, with this little dog running around that he can't control. just cracked me up. But the other thing I thought of, because he told her that it's a good way to meet girls but when a guy tells you his his schemes for meeting women it's an insult because he's he's telling you I'm not interested in you I'm just treating you like some guy that I'm like oh, guess what I'm doing so yeah I've had guys talk to me like that and I find it kind of insulting like you just I'm not I'm just not not an option not interested you're just going to talk frankly with me about how you're trying to fuck women over you disgusting pig so yeah, yeah I that was very I, rude do you see what I'm she coming
1: When said from? that I thought that was interesting she that he admitted to <laughs> that why he got it. So Yeah. It's and also go with awesome. a cute little little dog. That's you know, if you're going to do it just to get women to come out and talk to you. Come on. Yeah. Or get a big rangy dog and it's gonna go <laughs> uh, Yeah, no women don't like oh, it's so cute. <laughs>
2: if he's a bro like the kind of girls that he's interested in would totally fall for his stupid dog shtick i'm sure mary's much better than that but um <laughs> speaking of bros my douche bag co-worker whopper jr he shaved today and yeah he now he no longer has a goatee he just has a soul patch oh.
1: <laughs> oh. Have we Man. talked about how I feel about soul patches? They're, no, you
2: haven't. Maybe you should touch upon it. They're
1: almost worse than goatees. I, I'm not sure which is worse. I think they would worse. Much worse. Oh. oh, really? I, don't, oh, I yeah. can't decide. I, they're hor- equally horrendous, I think, to me, but in a, in a slightly different way. Oh, God, I hate, I hate soul patches so much.
2: No, I think they're definitely, definitely worse than just a regular goatee.
1: It's just so Did he talk about it's it?
2: way more effort than a goatee. Because goatees <laughs> can be a little wild. But a salt <laughs> patch is like shave. Shave. And now I've got a nice little square. It's so dumb.
1: It's a triangle. Oh <laughs> Is this, is it this square?
2: Yeah, I think so. I didn't get close enough today. Oh. I avoided it as much as possible. Oh um, boy. Now you have a a, a story of Bill. Is that correct? You've related to the yes. stories before?
1: Bill, I've read one story by him before. He's my friend from the Bay Area. So he was, and he's older. I think I was talking about him. And the way I describe him is he's kind of like Richard Gere, oh. um, and just like but a total hippie Richard Gere. Oh, How is he like Richard hysterical. Gere? Does he look
2: like Richard Gere? He, he looks like him. Oh, yeah, okay. he looks
1: like him. Yeah, yeah. Um. So he's, like, totally sexy, even though he's, like, probably pushing 60. But, um, so he writes me these stories about his drug days in San Francisco in the 60s. And this is his story that he, he titled Surprise Surgery. Okay. Well, this is when I lived in the hovel in San Jose. Someday, I'll show you pictures of the hovel, or better yet, the movies in and around the hovel. Dried hamburger meat on the walls, chaos and carnage in all directions, worse than a thrift store after an earthquake. And yet, various roommates and girlfriends and I existed for almost a decade in this decayed dwelling. One day, it was my birthday. The only plan was that my friend Jimmy was going to take me to Original Joe's, my favorite restaurant. So we smoked some shit and went down to Joe's. We get back to the Hubble. Am I pronouncing Hubble right? I think so. <laughs> H-O-V-E-L. Anyway. Um, we get back to the Hubble and I walk in the door, and surprise! Everyone I ever knew was there. I used to have a lot more friends. <laughs> <laughs> Then it was announced that this was a surprise surgery party to remove a sebaceous cyst that had been on my chest for two years. I had gone to Kaiser about a year before, certain it was cancer. Of course, being Kaiser, I was there half a day before I even saw a doctor, and then he barely glanced at the thing and diagnosed it as a benign cyst. Speaking to me as if I was retarded for harboring malignant thoughts, when I asked about having it removed, he threw up his hands and shouted, Well, if you really want to go through all the paperwork and get on the list, blah, blah, blah. But then, I just wanted to get away and get out. At least I wasn't dying back to the hovel <laughs> Jimmy who was a medic in the navy which means he was not even up to the level of a nurse in real life <laughs> took me back to the back room <laughs> took me to the back room where i honked down two rails of coke and took two shots of wild turkey as i was doing this everybody was scrubbing up and sterilizing instruments and donning masks and gowns The dining room table was covered with a clean sheet, and somebody had a handheld light. Oh yeah, that was for my old 8mm camera, so that was Gilbert the male model queer who had the hots for me. (laughs) He was going to film this thing. This means I have footage to prove that I do not lie, and Gilbert did a great job considering how primitive the equipment was. So I'm laid out on the table. Jimmy and his cute little assistant chick shave and sterilize the area. One, quote, nurse has the sole job of mopping his forehead, which became damper and damper as this thing progressed. Jimmy pulls out a syringe and shoots the area with Novocaine. I may have had another shot of wild turkey at that point. Then the actual operation began. It soon became evident that this thing was big below the surface. By the time it came out, captured in all its bloody glory on film, there was a sizable crater in my chest. Oh! Everything up to that point had gone fairly smooth, but the sewing back up seemed to take all eternity. I saw the first flickers of worry and doubt on Jimmy's face as the thread kept breaking. Finally, he switched to some stronger stuff and got me sealed up. Then the lights came on. I got up and was soon dancing and partying with a big gauze thing on my chest. Unbelievably, there was no infection. The scar stayed there with me for at least... Twenty years. We put the lump in a jar of alcohol and named it Dad. I don't know whatever <laughs> happened to Dad. <laughs> Dad. I don't know whatever happened to Dad. So that's the story of the surprise surgery party. You still there?
2: <laughs> that's amazing. Isn't oh, that so good? Oh, oh, wow. I've had a sebaceous too. So yeah, but I
1: remember I, that.
2: Yeah, but like, yeah, you helped me help me cope with. Told me not you told me not to Google it, so of course I did Google it. Image search it. it looks like a little egg, It's looks like a small egg. I had it on my head. And um yeah, it was funny because after the doctor removed it, he went around ra- walked out and went around the corner. I was like, wait! And he came back and was like, Can I see it again?
1: <laughs> oh, oh my god. I wanted I to see it is. one
2: last time before because you know I'd had it in my head for so long wanted to have one last look at it. I should have taken a picture of it. But, yeah. but yeah, I can feel I'm growing another one. So
1: Really? In the yes. same place? No,
2: in the front of my head. And when I had it on my head, uh, the hair would grow out like pubes.
1: Oh.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. It would just be all like wiry and weird and and I'd pull them out and one time I pulled them all out so I had a small little like tip of a finger sized bald patch on my head and then I went, to, I went to the hairdresser and he was like what's this and he like tucked it with his finger really hard I said oh I have a cyst and i the hair out of it I must have seemed fucking nuts but I just didn't like having pubes sprouting out of the top of What's wrong with that?
1: <laughs> if you told her it was a tumor, then she was giving you a ton of sympathy. That's true.
2: <laughs> so I'm waiting for the pubes to start sprouting from the front
1: of my head. Oh so God! Oh. I'm gonna throw up.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I told you about the Fly Lady website once, upon yes. a time. Am I right? Once. And, um, many times. Have I told you many times? I, yes. I don't know when it's I like started she's your loving guru. her. She's kind of my guru because, um, okay, first of all, her site is really gay. I, I mean, it's it's totally like like your stepmom made it, you know, who wears cat sweatshirts and and jeggings, you know, and like like this is she her whole thing is to help you get your house in order and like keep your sanity, and her formulas kind of like to have little routines and i i just am not able to keep routines or i never was i don't know what my problem is but um she kind of helped me like throw all this crap out of my house and kind of um get some sanity back and it was really crazy how how well it worked because you just do it just little bitty bits at a time and yeah um she kind of encourages you there's like this you know cartoon of her like holding a fishing rod and has she has fairy godmother (laughs) wings (laughs) on what the hell is going on here but I totally love it and I have her book and um yeah I tell people that I really like the fly lady (laughs) yeah but it's such a mom sight you know It's so
2: is because you'd recommended us so much that I looked at it when I was trying to do some decluttering in my closet, and it went through this list of all the stuff that you should keep, like, you know, one denim skirt, one this, that kind of shirt, and this and that, and I'm like, I don't own any of these clothes. These are mom clothes. (laughs) (laughs) If I throw everything out that isn't this, I will have no clothes. Like, there wasn't one thing that I owned. (laughs) It wasn't designed for my style, that's for sure. But it still had useful information.
1: Don't throw out your cat sweatshirts. (laughs) Keep at least one.
2: Oh, boy. Yeah. No, she's... she's, I really... I have a hard time getting into the... Like, I read it that day, and I was like, this is great, just a little bit every day, but I I have a hard time Mm -hmm. even, like, doing the five minutes that it suggests to do. Like, I just forget. I know. I think I would, I just forget.
1: She's kind of awesome because she'll... um, she says, like, just set your timer for five minutes, and, or so she'll say 15 minutes, but she does everything according to, to the timer, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Because then you're like, oh, and she's like, stop. When the timer goes off, you have to drop what you're doing and stop. That's the rule. So.
2: Yeah, because That's otherwise you nice pull everything out, and then it takes hours, yeah. and then you get depressed. So that's why I love her time limit thing Because you're not allowed to go further It's not like oh I'll say I'll do 10 minutes And then I'll get and do the whole thing It's like no You start to do the whole thing And then you'll get to a point yeah. of no return And you'll we'll be so unhappy So I, I think her, her policy is really great
1: Yeah I super like her And I try to make David do it And he's like ah. I mean he's, he's good he's good with it But he just hates that <laughs> it involves the word <one> flyway <laughs> <laughs> uh, For which I can't blame him yeah, so I wanted to pass that tip on to the listeners because I think it totally has helped my anxiety, too. Yeah.
0: Oh, oh. Well,
2: That's a good reason. Yeah, even when my inbox is full, it freaks me out.
1: So, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think I need to
2: get Thank you, fly lady
1: once I tweeted, uh, after I deleted everything in my inbox, I like, I think I made my Facebook status. My inbox is empty and that's not a euphemism. (laughs) (laughs) Later I was like, why did I say that? That's so gross. Like how many people You made people people think about your vagina. (laughs) Ah!
2: You gotta own it. You wanted people to think about your vagina
1: deep down. Deep down. Deep down. Deep, deep down. So that's all we have for you right now. Um, please join us next week for more DONGs and <laughs> adventures and things growing out of Simone's head that maybe give you <laughs> <room. laughs> uh, <laughs> Please call the DONG mail. It's 323-301-DONG. Your voicemails make us super happy. And sometimes we play them. So, um... Yeah, let's know what you're thinking and go to the website to see pictures of what we talked about and um, you know, gory bloody sebaceous cysts and things like that. <laughs> you won't be disappointed. But that's a Google sebaceous cyst for you. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. We love you all. So, bye Simone. Bye, Stephanie. <laughs>